worship the Lord this morning. Hallelujah.
Bibles with you. We'll go to Job chapter 13 today. The title of the message is No Easy Answers. And there is a Japanese proverb that says this, quote, He who can see three days ahead will be rich for 3,000 years, unquote. Well, if this is true on a material level, how much more so in the spiritual realm? You know, a person who can see God's purposes for the future should be rich in understanding the Lord's dealings with us now. But that's easier said than done. We don't always understand what God is doing in our lives because we just can't see beyond the day that we're in. Uh, but again, that would be so true if we could. You know, Job's friends, as you remember last week, came to share in his misery. And that's chapter 2, verse 11 through 13. And his appearance, you remember, shocked them. I mean, he was in bad shape. Matter of fact, he was in grave condition. I mean, this was a disease that he had been stricken with that more than likely he believed was going to take his life. And without God's intervention, I believe it would have. Uh, his friends just couldn't believe who it was. This was Job, the great man, the righteous man. But Job began to talk to them about his condition in chapter 3. And his tone was sadly at this point negative. Remember Job had held up pretty good under the first two tests. But now he begins to turn. His suffering was so great that he wished he had never been conceived. He said that he wished he had never been even born. Or that he had died early in life. Think about it. Have you ever been in that situation in your own life? Lately. And, and this is a good message for you to listen to, okay? You ever been there? I mean, there are many people who have been there. Man, I, I, things are just so bad. I, I don't want to deal with this. I just wish I would die. <laughs> better, God would be better on the other side. Here's a man who's a believer in God, looking forward to uh, going to the other side, but yet God was working out a purpose in his life. You know, the, you, you can imagine Job... Satan, uh, remember in verse chapter 1, verse 21, uh, his aim was to get Job to curse God. And he was well on his way to achieving that goal with Job at this point. The shock of losing all his children, he, all of his servants, his cattle, his, as well as being afflicted by this terrible disease, it caused him to bemoan his very existence. However, he had not yet reached total defeat Satan had in mind for him to, 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 to give it all up on God, but Job had not cursed God, and neither would he curse God. Amen. Amen. And uh, Job is in Hebrews chapter 11, what I call the Hall of Faith. Come on now. Have you never heard of the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio? Well, in Hebrews chapter 11, we have the, the, the Hall of Faith. And he's one of the men in there. Amen. You know, it's easy for us to chide Job for his rising doubt. It's always easy to condemn people who fail, right? The only person, the doctor says, who thinks losing weight is easy are those who don't need to lose weight. Can I get an amen? If we had been Job, should we have reacted differently than him? Or would we have reacted, I should say? Well, I know I, I've been in situations far less than Job's, and I didn't fare as well as he did, or haven't uh, up to this point in my life. Come on now. I can sympathize with Job. You know, Job's friend thought he should have reacted differently, and they told him that, <laughs> basically. Uh, their response to his doubts are recorded in chapters 4 through 12. And these chapters form the first round of speeches by his friends. Remember there, Eliaphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. They tried to explain to Job the reason for his troubles. And it's important to remember that what they said is true to a great degree. You know, God is just. Come on now. God is a rewarder of those and blesses those who serve Him. God does punish evil. But they had mistakenly not realize that this did not apply to Job. They didn't understand. Remember, Job's difficulty was a spiritual thing that took place in heaven over his life here on earth. And God and Satan were battling through this man Job 
And Job had done no wrong. His friends had accused him wrongly of having sin in his life. And the reason these misfortunes had happened to him is somehow God was paying him back for what he had done. They were wrong. Now, can we sin and create problems? Absolutely. But we need to have discernment and look at people who are suffering or going through things and realize there, are, there aren't always easy answers to what goes on in this life. Before we begin, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here with your people today as your servant. Lord, that's all that I am, your servant. Lord, I'm wholly reliant upon you. I ask for the anointing of your spirit to communicate your word to your people. Father, encourage your church, inform us, instruct us. Lord, correct us. Help us to be all that you desire for us to be, Lord. Father, I ask for your anointing to speak through me and your anointing to be upon every ear to hear and every heart to receive. Give us good ground today to plant your word. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. 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 We'll look at two things today. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. We had, what, four of them last week. We only got two this week. 40 sub-point. No, I'm just kidding. That was a joke. Only a couple on each. Amen. We'll look at Job's friends, and we'll look at Job's God. A contrast, okay? And how we ought to handle and deal with things. But firstly, we'll look at Job's friends, and we'll see that three things mainly about them we'll see from these passages here in chapter 13. There's only 24, 28 verses, I'm sorry. And uh, the first half we'll deal with uh, 12 of the verses, and then we'll handle the second half with the other. But We'll see Job's friends were incorrect, insufficient, and incompetent. <laughs> A lot of guys, how do you like to have friends like that? Amen. <laughs> with friends like that, who needs? Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Well, let's look at the situation Job was in. Now, here's a man, he's lost everything. His children, his possessions, his servants, his wealth, it's all gone, and his health is in serious jeopardy right now. He's on his deathbed. And his wife, remember, advised him to just curse God and go ahead and die. His friends came to encourage him, and then they spend four chapters lamb-blasting him for the situation he's in. It's all your fault. You're in the situation you're in because you're, you're hiding sin in your heart, and therefore God is punishing you. Have you ever seen people where they well, I don't know what happened to that person. God must be punishing them for something they did wrong. Who needs friends like that? Amen. Now this message should be designed to give us a few different things. Number one, you may go through bad things in your life, like Job. Maybe not on that scale, but still like Job. You may face adversity. And I would posit to every believer here, at some point you will. And when you're going to uh, the doctors back and forth and they're talking about chopping off your toes and your foot or something, that's pretty serious business. That's a, that's a dilemma. Amen. Amen. That's not light. Uh, when you're dealing with issues, my wife losing her mind, that's a, that's a dilemma. You know, you're dealing with... People can say all kinds of things. Well, you know, you, you deserve that. You know, you should... Now, what kind of, that is not how Christians should act, right? Come on now. So this hopefully will help us see how we should react like Job ultimately would. And secondly, make us more sympathetic to those who are going through things. Come on. Because you never know. You may go through it. I, I, again, I, I'll say that you will at some point. Uh, that, that battle we talked about last week in the heavens that affects things here on the earth is not over until it's over. Satan is cast out of heaven with his angels during the tribulation period. The accuser of the brethren is cast down and he meets his doom, their doom here on the earth. But until then, this is an ongoing battle. What took place in Job's day is still taking place with God's people today. Amen. Uh, chapter 13, verse 1, we see the incorrectness of Job's friend. Behold, my eye has seen all of this, Job says. My ear has heard and understood it. In other words, everything that they've accused and spoken to him about. What you know, I also know. 
and I'm not inferior to you. In other words, Job is saying that I've heard all of this, that it's my fault, that I've sinned, that I've done, but I'm telling you it's not that. I didn't do anything. I don't know why I'm in this condition. And I know everything you know. God is righteous. He's just. He punishes evil. I know that. You know that. I'm not less than you. I know. Matter of fact, they understood Job was a teacher of men. He taught things of God. And they acknowledged that in previous chapters. But now here he's, he's telling them, you know, you, you made a mistake here in judging me this way. That's not, that's not right what you're saying about me. You know, I don't know why this has happened, but it's not because of what you're saying. There's no secret sin in my life that I know of that I'm hiding that has caused God to turn against me. You know, when we see people going through a dilemma or difficulties or troubles, and they're very severe, even life-threatening, we tend to think, well, you know, God must be against that person. They must have done something. You know, God, you ever been in a situation where you were in bad shape? And you thought, I mean, I know I thought, but God, I know you must be... Must be not happy with me because you're letting me go through this. We got to hang in there. We got to read the book of Job. We got to know what's in the book of Job because, you know, God doesn't prevent his people from going through things, but we do go through. Somebody say amen. amen. We do go through and come out on the other side at some point. Praise God. He, there is an expected end, an expected outcome. But here we see they were incorrect, they were insufficient. Look at verse 3. But I would speak to the Almighty, and I desire to argue my case with God. This is Job speaking now to his friends. He said, I want to talk to God. I want to argue my case with God. As for you, <laughs> Job, this is some of the most direct language used in the, in the Old Testament dealing with Job's friend. I mean, Job does not hold nothing back. I mean, he just, boom. Somebody else. <laughs> he doesn't play games here. Now here's a man on his deathbed has been taking abuse for a whole week from these guys. Come on now. And he starts speaking his case. Come on. He says, As for you whitewashed with lies, worthless physicians are you all. In other words, they, they came there to nurse him and to help heal him, bring him back to health. But he says, You people are worthless for that. There's no healing with you. you. You've come here and you've lied. You, you've piled on. You've come here and just piled on me. You're not here to help me, to encourage me, to, to lift my spirits. You, you, you're here lamb-blasting me. His wife's side. Huh? They're on his wife's side. They're on his wife's side. <laughs> Amen. He says, oh, that you would keep silent and it would be your wisdom. I was going to say, very poetic language used by Job. Shut your mouth. That would be the wisest thing you could do. That's basically what he just told them. Be quiet. Do you know, that's good advice if you think about it. Sometimes, I don't know about you, my biggest enemy is me. Absolutely. Amen. And me, me, my, my mouth gets gone, brother, it goes, you know. And this is again what Job was telling his friends. He said, you'd just be better off just to shut up. That'd be a why that'd be your that would show you have some kind of wisdom. Do you think they heeded that advice? Obviously not. Hear now my argument, verse 6, and listen to the pleadings of my lips. Will you speak falsely? This is the bad part. Will you speak falsely for God and speak deceitfully for him? Will you show partiality towards him? Will you plead the case for God? Will it be well with you when He searches you out? Or can you deceive Him as one deceives a man? He will surely rebuke you if in secret you show partiality. Will not His majesty terrify you and the dread of Him fall upon you? Your maxims and proverbs of ashes, your defenses are defenses of clay. So their arguments, their precepts, their, their, their words that they spoke to him were just empty, hollow words that had no basis in fact or understanding. Now all you got to do in the world we live in today is just turn on any one of the news broadcasts and you hear similar things being spouted by pundits all day long that have no meaning whatsoever. Worthless proverbs and words being spoken. 
And really, that's what these were doing. But the sin of these men, who later God would deal with, was that they supposedly were representing God's side and taking God's side. Well, you know, God punishes the unjust. Eventually, they'll get their just reward. And you must be unjust. So God needs to just really straighten you out, Mr. Job. Basically, that's what they were saying. Can you imagine that? And Job was like, what, 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 what did I do? I don't understand. You ever had people come against you like that? It's, do you know where they made the mistake? Is that they thought they knew God's character and they only knew a part of God's character. They thought they knew the story, but they only knew a part of the story. Is God just? Does He punish? Does He correct? Absolutely. But is it always for the same reason? Or is it because of uh, what they thought it? No. I mean, do you know? And we don't understand today in the world we're in now, this life we're living, that you could be an unrighteous person, as wicked as you could imagine, and you have perfect health. You, you say you're a righteous scoundrel fella, right? God gives you a beautiful woman. Intelligent gal, rich, you've got all the all this, and you you just a a scoundrel. You ever seen that in life? Yeah. Is God weighing in on? He blesses people, whether they're good or bad. But you know, because you're a righteous person, or you're serving God, well, I give my life to the Lord. I'm, you do belong to Him. And He'll provide and take care of you, but. He won't necessarily keep you from difficult things in life. A lot of times the folks in church are like, you know, I don't understand. You know, I was serving the Lord and this and that. And all of a sudden my business fell apart. All of a sudden my job, all of a sudden I... And the guy down here, he's a criminal individual and he just, he just racking it up. I don't understand what God's doing. You know, God ain't doing that. Did you know that? It rains on the just, just and the unjust. And the indication of your standing in and with God is not how well materially or physically you're doing on this earth. Did you know that? It all matters is whether you have faith and trust in Him or not. Now, what was Satan trying to take away from Job? His faith in God. He was trying to get him to turn on God. Now, the reality is, and this happens with us as well, is that Job didn't turn on God, but he did believe wrongly that God was punishing him. Because he knew one fact that you and I should know as well. God is sovereign. In other words, nothing can happen to me unless God allows it to happen. He knew that. Every believer should know that. Amen? So then if something bad happens to you, ultimately it's His fault. Isn't that right? And now we, that's natural thinking. But notice, Job didn't curse God. Now, i tell you what. I wish I could be as righteous as Job was. Amen. Because I've gotten mad at God. I don't know how many times. I mean, I was like, you know, fuming. This man had a lot of patience. You heard the patience of Job. Maybe you like Job. I don't know. I, I, I got a long way to go. Amen. But I do see the standard that he sets here. You know, Job. When I study for this lesson and last week's lesson and reading and, and looking at Job's life, I have a greater appreciation for this man than ever before. What a tremendous man of God! A man of God who faced some serious issues. And yet maintain his integrity. Now he's at the breaking point. Okay? I mean, can you blame him? Oh my Lord. I mean, I would have broke a lot earlier is what I'm trying to say. I wish I could say otherwise. And, and you know, I mean, you know, I, would have, I would have stood up just like Job. No, I would have probably broken on the first day. God knew who he, he was picking when he picked Job to fight with the enemy, didn't he? 
He knew what Job could handle and what he could take. And you know, the scripture tells you and I that God will not allow us to be tested above that which we're able. That's right. But will provide a way of escape. Now we're going to look in subsequent lessons here on that way of escape. But right now we're looking at, he's, he's in the crucible right now. He's in the fire. He's going through some difficulty. And you know, those who hurt you the most, Tony, are those who know you the best. <laughs> You know, somebody that's not your friend or your buddy or your loved one, they can't hurt you. No. You just roll off that like water, but the enemy, he knows how to get close to, to, to. And Job is now being, he's being run through by his friends, and he's, he's fighting back. Come on now, hallelujah. He's fighting back with truth. Amen. He said, no, no, no. He's maintaining his integrity. He didn't do any wrong that he knows of. At this point in the in the discussion, and he tells them that you know what you're talking of here, and you're speaking on behalf. That's foolish, man. You you don't know what you're talking about telling me this stuff. You know you better stop that. Secondly, we look at Job's God. We see his friends. Uh, they're giving him the runaround. They're, they're giving him the working him over. But let's look at him now. In verse 13, we begin there, and we'll see that. God is approachable. We need to find a way when we're in something, going through, facing an ordeal, dealing with trauma or difficulty in our life. We need to approach God. We need to find a way to, to go past the circumstances we find ourselves in and press through to where God is because He is the source ultimately. We need to, you ever heard that, 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 that word breakthrough? We need to break through. Uh, to, from where we are, and Job needed to break through from the situation he was in to, to get and tap into God. He needed God. Amen. And you know, what do you need when things are going wrong or difficult or you're in trouble? What do you need more than anything? You need God. Amen. You need His presence. You need to hear from Him. And here, Job says, let me have silence Maybe they were trying to butt in on him or trying to interrupt him, but he, he's calling for silence. And he said, I'm going to speak and let come on me what may. In other words, he's saying, well, you know, if I'm in the wrong, let me reap what I'm going to sow. I'm going to speak my mind. Let me speak. And he says, why should I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hand? In other words, I'm not going to bite myself. I'm not going to let my flesh get in the way. Now here's the, one of the most famous scriptures in all the Bible right here. This verse. Verse 15 of chapter 13 of Job. Though he, that's God, slay me, I will hope or trust in him. Yet I will argue my ways to his face. This will be my salvation. For the godless shall not come before him. Though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. What was the bottom line with Job and this man of God? He was losing everything. He was losing his life. And he said, even though he, if, even if he takes my life and I die, my hope is in Him. I'm not going to turn away from Him. Hallelujah. That's what the enemy wants. He's gunning for your faith. Fight the good fight of faith. The enemy walks about as a roaring lion, seeking those whom he may devour. And he's gunning for your faith. That's the only thing you possess that's worth anything. Though your faith be tried, it's more precious than gold. The greatest thing you have is your faith in, not you, but in the one who redeemed you. Yes, amen. Your faith in God is your lifeline Thank you, for eternity. And he was gunning for him to turn from God. And the man said, even if he kills me, I'm going to hope and trust in him. He's my salvation. Hallelujah. What's the name Jesus in Hebrew? Yeshua. It means my salvation. Yes. Man, whatever's going on in your life, whatever you're dealing with, just call out to Jesus. Jesus, you know where I'm at. You know what's going on. Jesus, you're my salvation. Thank you. I need you, Lord. And Job, he said, I, I need the Lord, though he slay me. Now, you know, God wasn't trying to slay Job. Did you know that? That's right. Yeah. But he, he thought that. 
Do you know we often think that about God? We think wrongly about God. Well, this has happened because God, evidently, He wants to kill me. He evidently wants to hurt me. Who's behind the pain? Satan was. Again, we think, well, you know, God, you're so powerful, you've got to stop that. But you, you know, well, if God allows something in your life or in my life, it's never to destroy us. It's only to strengthen us. It's only to make you not bitter, but better. You know, that's reality. God, all things work together for good. To those that love God and are called according to His purpose. You know, He has a purpose for you. Ultimately, it's to rule with Him in eternity. It's to be like Him, to be at His side. To be by His side as His bride forever. To rule and reign with Him. That's His goal for you. But you know, in this present state, faith-wise, character-wise, you know, we're pretty messed up. I'm just being real now. I go around spouting some kind of nonsense like I'm somebody. No, I, I'm per- my character needs shaping and molding. You know, my, my heart needs to be steeled and 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 and, and, and reinforced in, in Him. I need to be changed into His image and likeness. You know, I need less of me, come on, and more of Him. Amen. That's what we need. And that's what we're going through in this life. That This process Job was going into was a an extreme fiery trial, as extreme as you could get. But it was not going to destroy him. God knew that. So He allowed him to get into that. And He said, I'm going to use the fire to refine you in your faith. But when you come through, you're going to be a better man after I'm done letting the enemy work on you. Come on now. You're going to be better, and you're going to be stronger, you're going to be wiser, and you're going to be more like the man I ultimately want you to be. Thank you, Jesus. And you're not going to curse me like the enemy wants you to do. You're going to bless me. Hallelujah. And here Job was blessing him even in the midst of his trial. Come on now. And this is an Old Testament believer. How about you and I in the New Testament got the Holy Ghost, the earnest of the Spirit? Can we not do the same thing when we're in a difficult situation? Give Him praise, worship and magnify Him. Say, thank you, Lord, for this trial. I know I'm in a difficult way, but I believe I'm going to come out on the other side. Hallelujah. Things are going to get better, and I'm going to be a better man, a better woman for it. Come on now. Amen. We see He was approachable and just. God is a just God. Amen. Look at verse 17. Keep listening to my words and let my declaration be in your ears. Job is preaching to his friends now. Laying on the ground, covered in boils. Come on now. Preaching the word to his self-righteous friends. (laughs) Letting the truth come out. Come on. Behold, I have prepared my case. I know that I shall be in the right. Who is there who will contend with me? Are you going to fight with me? Are you going to straighten me out? Not you. He said, I know I'm right. I know you're not right. Come on now. That was Job being self-righteous? No, he was just correct. In the sense he knew he had not done any open sin. Amen. Now look what he says here. For then I would be silent and die. If you can content, if you can convince me otherwise then I'll shut my mouth and just die. If I'm a sinner, if I'm in this condition because of something I've done, and you're right and I'm wrong, just let me go ahead and die. But until then, I'm going to straighten your big behind out. (laughs) Amen. I'm going to take my case to the Lord. Amen. Because God is just. You know, when we look at things that are seemingly unfair to us, you know, that's how people are. And that ain't fair. You ever see little kids together? Little kids be fighting around. How have you let this one do And that one couldn't. And this, that ain't fair. Look, even little kids, you know, I teach them that. They just have that sense of fairness and right. You know what I'm saying. You know, God, He might not always be fair, but He's always just. Amen. He'll do what's right. Come on. Matter of fact, I know he's not fair. <laughs> he will smack you sideways. 
But you know what? You can thank Him for it. If you're going through some hard stuff in your life and God's allowed it, that's a good thing. It may not be fair. Well, the other guy don't have to go through it, but He loves you enough to put you through it. Come on now. Think about that. Did God allow Job to go through this ordeal because he hated Job? No. Because he had some kind of attitude on Job? You know, I think I need to teach that boy a lesson down there. I need to smack him real good. <laughs> oh, he loved Job so much. I mean, he was bragging on him to to the angels, man. He was telling how upright and what a great sermon he was. Satan challenged him, let me touch him and I'll take everything away from him. He'll curse you. Go ahead. Now here Job is. Is he cursing God? No, he's he's appealing to God. He's 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 wanting to take he's wanting to take his case to God to present it to him face to face. Think about that. That's amazing. Well, let's read on. We'll see the, the responsibility in that. Verse 20. Only grant me two things. And that I will not hide myself from your face. Or then I will not. He said, grant me, he's talking to God now. <coughs> grant me two things, Lord. And I'll not hide myself, my face from you. And look what he says. He says, withdraw your hand far from me. And let not the dread of you terrify me. Now, that tells me a couple things. That he knows something about God. But he also... He knows God's sovereignty. Now notice he said, withdraw your hand from me. What was Job's... He, he knew his affliction that ultimately God was responsible for that. It was Satan who did the afflicting, you understand. But he had to have permission to do that. Job kind of understood that. He said, now... Please take your hand off of me because you're killing me right now. Let me breathe for a minute. <laughs> Let me get myself together. Take this off of me is what he's saying. Whatever burden it is. You ever been in a situation? You're like, Lord, take this away. I can't handle this. I mean, I can't deal with it. You need to remove this, Lord. That's what Job was asking. Of course, you don't really bargain with God, but he is. How I many know we do that, don't we? I remember before I got saved, I was coming to faith in God. I'll, I'll use that term. Maybe that's not correct, but that's sort of how it felt like. And I remember like, uh, well, you know, Lord, I will go to church if uh, you help me here in this situation that I don't go to jail. Hallelujah. And I'll go to church on Sunday. I was making a deal with God. It was in the, it was in the driver's seat, certainly not me. I'm appealing to him, but I'm making a deal with him like he's going he's gonna to go with that. Oh, that's a good deal. I keep you out of jail. <laughs> but man, it's kind of like that. We do things like that, right? So here he's, he's talking with God. He says, I'm, I'm preparing my case. And he says, I know I'm going to be right. And he says, take your hand. He says, I will call, then call. Now look at this. It's pretty cool here how Job puts this. He said, Lord, you call and I'll answer. He said, I'm sitting by the phone. I'm using an embellishment here, you understand. He said, I'm sitting by the phone and if you call, Lord, I will answer. But if you'd rather me call you, I'll call you and you can answer me. Now think about that for a minute. They didn't have phones, I know that. But think about that for a minute. Have you ever been serious with God in prayer and said, you know, boy, you, you're doing all the talking. I'm like, I'm doing all the talking. And I need you to hear me. <laughs> I want you to hear me. But it would be nice, Lord, if you could say something to me and I'll go ahead and hear you. I've done that many, many times. Many, many times. It's not all one-way street. He, he, he's just wanting to hear from heaven. He's wanting to hear from God. In any way, he said, I'll talk to you and you can answer me, Lord. I'm open to that. Or if you want, you can talk to me and I'll listen to what you have to say. It's pretty cool, huh? That's a good deal either way. I mean, I'll take that. How about you? But he's talking. He's What is he doing? He's going to God. 
when you're in a bad way, when you're in a difficult spot, that's what you need to do. You need to go to God. Lord, I'm calling out to you. But if you want to talk to me, I'm, I'm all ears. Hallelujah. I'm listening. Come on. And that's what he's doing there. He's, he's, he's looking to the Lord. It's easier to do what Satan said. Just curse God and die. I just quit. I give up. I mean, I've had some difficult things going on in your life spiritually. You know, you're, you're struggling with some things. And you're tempted to just, I'm just going to quit, man. I'm get, I, it ain't nothing going to... You know how many times in my own life as a young Christian, a growing Christian... Uh, uh, going through life, I knew God had called me, and many times I've been. The devil would always say, "Just quit. You ain't never gonna. You ain't gonna preach. Just give up." Well, what would happen if I give up? You wouldn't. I would never go. You got to. You got to. Persevere. You got to persevere. And here is what Job's doing. He said, "How many? Look at verse twenty-three. Many people think, well, Job must have been a self-righteous man, calling himself right. He said, 'I'm not. I'm right, and you're wrong.' Right? I, they were saying he had sin in his life. Now, Job said, 'No, I didn't sin.' No, he wasn't saying he was sinless. I want you to get that. We're almost done. I want you to get that. I never say to anybody, 'I'm sinless.' That's a ridiculous statement. You know, I'm not sinless at all." I'm not openly practicing sin. Okay, there's a difference. And Job was saying, man, how do we know Job wasn't being self-righteous? Well, what he says here in verse 23 indicates. Okay, he says here, how many are my iniquities and my sins? He's talking to God. Make me know my transgression and my sin. In other words, if there's something in me that is sinful, Lord... Show it to me that I may deal with that. If I'm transgressing, show me. Now, you know what? When you think and you hear people say, well, you know that person's going through that because they're sin and they're going through sin in their life and they're a believer, okay? Do you not know or believe that God, the Holy Spirit, who is in every believer, if you're living in sin, do you think He's not going to bring that to your attention? That's right. He will do I mean, he don't have to say, well, you know, Eleanor is doing something wrong here, and I'm going to just afflict her and take her health from her and knock her on her back. And Eleanor will be laying there, I don't understand why. No, no. If that's the case, you'll know why. You, I mean, he's God. He's not going to not tell you. Now, see, the reality was he wasn't committing sin. It was a test that, that Satan was putting on Job, and God permitted it. Simple as that. Maybe that's all you're dealing with or going through. You know, it may just be a test. You need to persevere. Amen. But he's he's covering his bases. You know, what's the psalmist say, John? Um, if there be any wicked way in me, you know, search my heart, O oh Lord. If, if, if there be any wicked way, cleanse me. That I may be clean. Amen. That's really what Job is saying to the Lord. You know, he's, Lord, if there is sin in my life, help me to get it out. Cleanse me, Lord. Make me what I need to be. What did Isaiah say? If your sins be scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God's in the in the cleaning business. That's right. Amen. <laughs> he's in the dry cleaning business. He'll dry and clean you. Amen. <laughs> But look at Job's fear. And I, I've prayed this many times. I, I mean, if you've been around God at any any length of time in your life, why do you hide your face? You ever felt like God was hiding His face from you? Man, you could pray, but He's nowhere. He's nowhere to be found. Man, you pray, it feels like your prayer just bounces off the ceiling and comes right back on you. You're like, God might as well be like a million miles away. Why are you hiding your face from me, Lord? Look what He says here. You're counting me as an enemy. I mean, even enemies don't torture their victims. I mean, he is really in a bad spot. And he's acknowledging God's sovereign. He knows that nothing could happen to him but for God to allow it. And he's crying out. And there's nothing wrong. Do you know that? There's nothing wrong with what Job is praying. 
Do you know it's not wrong to get mad at God? Do you go upset Him? No. If you throw the biggest temper tantrum of your life to the Maker, is He going to sweat a bullet over you? <laughs> now, you know that if you got a parent, you got a little kid. Now, you ever see the little kid that wants something you know, and then they can't have it? What do they do? Throw a fit. Does that make you change your mind? Shut up, girl, go to bed right now. I'm going to slap the sideways out of you until next week. That's place to go to the Super Bowl. With the candy stands and the little toy aisles. And the, I got that. You're a terrible parent. You know, give me a water gun. Bobby's dad bought him a water gun, and you're so evil. And my cousin used to take his or his son's with him. She would push the grocery cart and he'd push one and everything that the kids wanted, he'd put it in that cart. And then when they got up to checkout, he'd just push that cart to the side. Talking them a little bit. Yeah. But somebody we thank God is, you know, I mean, does the Lord does he get moved by in a sense that that we get upset, he, he can't handle it type of thing. No, no. And you know, the Scripture tells us in the New Testament to cast all of our care upon Amen. Him. Yes. Uh, that Another word for cast is hurl. Literally hurl your emotional baggage, whatever it is, just give it to God. Lord, I'm upset. I'm angry over this. I, I can't have... Do you know that's good therapy? <laughs> And for you to carry it around inside, you know what? That's bad for you. And God can handle anything you throw at Him. And Job is like, he's, he's putting all of his anxiety, his, he's just laying it out to the Lord. And, and look what he says to God. He, he's, really, he's really implying because he understands something about God. Look at verse 25. Will you frighten a driven leaf and pursue dry chaff? What does that mean? You think about that? That's a weird statement there. You know. If a leaf falls off a tree in the fall, it's dead. If the wind blows it across the yard, it does it, who cares? Is, is, is it significant? Unless it's your job and you're getting paid to pick it up, amen? Work with me on this a little bit. Job is saying, I'm just like that leaf that really has, I'm no longer attached. I have no life left. I'm just being blown. Why are you spending your time with me when there are other things more important than to worry about some old leaf that's just blowing away? That's how Job, you ever felt like that? That low? You're like, why would you even pursue me? Well, if he was being harassed, harangued, pursued, and then maybe there's something to Job that the enemy's wanting. Hello? You ever thought about, why are you going through all these conniptions if you're nobody? That's right. <laughs> right? Why would I waste your... If I'm the devil, why am I going to waste my time with you if you're nobody? That's right. <laughs> you're just nobody. If, if I think you're like an ant, I just step on you and move on. Correct? Why am I going to waste my time? But he'll come at you 24-7 Picking, picking, coming at you because you have an eternal call on your life. You have, you, you have a significance above His. Above His. And He is the anointed cherub that once covered the very throne of God. He has sat in a place you and I have never been at. He's got power that you and I can only imagine. But he's going to hell. It'll be consigned there for eternity. You're headed for the throne. Thank you. Lord. Where he once was. So no matter how significant or insignificant you think you are here now, he's going to spend his working hour to try to bring you down. So that means you're somebody. Amen. Amen. You're somebody. Because you don't mess with nobody. 
you mess with somebody. And Job was like, and what was the test? Because we, we, we haven't finished this. We're just beginning into it. But Job is passing each of these tests. He was on the verge of giving up, despairing of his own life, hating the fact he had even been born. And now he's looking to God in the midst of his worst, darkest hour. What's God going to do? Well, you got to tune in next week to find the answer. Amen. Or you can read it ahead of time. But how about both? Somebody say amen. Amen. But look what he says. For you write bitter things against me. I know that you decree bitter things against me. And make me inherit the iniquities of my youth. Now here, even Job, again, there's not, there's not a sinless, self-righteous man. He's saying, all right, I guess the stuff I did when I was a young fella, the parties, the doping, the drinking, the illicit sex, all that has come back to get me now. I'm going to pay for it now. God's going to do it to me now. No. But he brings it up. He said, maybe this is, maybe this is why. Maybe. I know I'm not doing nothing wrong now. Maybe it was because I'm paying for my past, the iniquities of my youth. And he's telling us a fact. You put my feet in stocks, you can't move. You watch all my past, you're you're you you're, you're you narrowed me down. You limit, you set a limit for the soles of my feet. Now these are strange, remember, this is the oldest book in the Bible, culturally speaking. And a lot of these sayings, we're like, what is he talking about here? But what is he, what he's saying is, you limit or set a limit for the souls of my feet. You're only going to walk so many steps in life, and then you're going to die. And he's acknowledging the fact God is, is sovereign over all things, and even his life. Now look at this, 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 this fact of life right here, verse 28, the last verse. Man wastes away like a what? A rotten thing. Like a garment that is moth-eaten. How many of you old folks in here, <laughs> like myself, uh, I know we got some young with it, can identify with that? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? I mean, now young people, they're like, I don't understand it. I, truly, you do not understand. Believe me, you don't. But the reality is, you begin to realize... <laughs> You begin to realize, man, I'm decaying here. This ain't, I'm not getting better as I get older. Hello. Things breaking down. You know what I'm saying? Of course, nowadays, turn on TV, they got a, a potion, a drug, or a cream for everything. So you, you, you keep on going in your perpetual youth. And you believe that? I mean, believe that's a, that's a lie. My wife said, every time they have a back pill that comes up, you need to get that. I said, well, if I got all that stuff, I'd be blind, <laughs> dead. That's like drinking that portion they got on the internet. You're supposed to lose all that belly fat and everything. <laughs> Overnight. Uh -huh. you, you know where you lose all the weight? You, you, know you, you know where you lose all the weight? Yeah, in your wallet. That's yeah. where all your weight it just they, they empty it out, man. Amen. Roger, what was that fellow? P.T. Barnum? He had something to say about that, didn't he? Yes, he did. That's right. But not us. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to be all the wiser. Come on, man. But what is Job saying? Man, waste away like a rotten thing and like a garment. He's moth-eaten. He's showing the mortality of life. Now, though that's written in the Scripture, and I do agree, physically that's what goes on eventually with everybody. You may be strong at 100. I don't know. Some people are out of here at 60. You know, Everybody's a little different. But eventually, the mortality kicks in. But here's the point. The New Testament tells us this. Though the outward man, what? Rocks away. The inward man is renewed day by day. So though we may physically deteriorate to some degree or another, we should be growing by leaps and bounds internally, spiritually. Somebody say amen. amen. So that when we go to meet the Lord, 
And if we close our eyes one day in death, should we not make the rapture, we'll be a lot more like Christ when we meet Him than we were when we first met Him. Amen? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. We're looking at Job's life and the things that he would deal with and what he was dealing with at this point in his life. Now, you know, this is just a snapshot of this man's life. It's not his whole life, amen? But it is a big thing. I mean, I've never known anybody to lose that much. And still, I just, this is, this is un, un, incredible, okay? It's an incredible uh, historical fact that took place in the Scriptures. You know, we can't always, church, judge by appearances. Not even scientists can do that. A man by the name of Charles Towns, he's the co-discoverer of the laser beam. He says that the faster things move, the slower they actually work. No scientist can explain this particular phenomenon, but science, Towns says, has learned to look beneath the appearances. And you know, as believers, as spiritual men and women of God, we need to look beneath the things that are on the surface and look to God to find what the answers actually are. You know, Job's friends saw their companion in abject misery. For seven days, they didn't say a word they saw he was so miserable. Then they piled on after that. They concluded he must have offended God to get in this condition. And when Job denied that insinuation, they openly declared him a hypocrite. The only where Job could go now, he certainly wasn't going to be his friends, it would have to be to God. He was suffering adversity. You and I can suffer adversity. You know, there's no doubt about what he was going through. God had allowed misery to come into his life. Job thought the misery had come because God had sent or seen some unseen sin that might have been in his life that he himself had not detected. That's why he prayed the way he did. If there's anything in me, Lord, show me. He knew consciously he had not done anything wrong. The patriarch did not realize that adversity does not necessarily come to a child of God because of sin, but because of some deeper purpose that God has for us. God purposed to purify Job's character, and in the process, he was going to silence Satan, the accuser of the brethren. God may be, church, dealing with you in that same way too. If so, we may be moved to ask why. Right, little girl? Why? Menopause for Why? Women. She's got her answer. But it might not be that answer. <laughs> it might be something deeper than that. You need to look beyond what you see. Remember the prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, not my will be done, but... Thou will. That's Matthew 26, 39. We need to trust Him just like Jesus did to purify us as He did Job. If you're in something today, He's working to purify you. He's working to refine you. He's going to get the best out of you. Amen. On the other hand, we may be called to minister to others with whom God is dealing. And that's a good thing about this type of letter. You might not be going through something right now. But somebody else in the body may be. Somebody else in the family may be. And you know, I don't know about you. And I, I do lament. I do feel badly at times. Over, I've been saved 40 years this year, 2018. And there's times when I judge people wrongly. Do you know what I'm saying? I have thought the wrong thing. I like to believe I don't do that. And you know why? You know why? Because when I do, when you judge somebody falsely or wrongly, even though you think you may be right, you don't know the facts, you open yourselves up to that same thing. And, and you will deal with issues, and then you'll wonder why nobody can understand why you're dealing. Hello? 
It's important to realize there is a spiritual world, there's a physical world, and, and things are not always as they physically seem to be or appear. God is working, and you and I need to be understanding. So when I see people going through trouble today, I try and tend to be much more sympathetic than I was as a younger believer. Amen. I'm serious. I was a pretty harsh character one time, man. Well, you know you're going through it just like Job's friends and didn't realize it. And uh, I, I, I lament that fact. You know, that's a character flaw. Thank God we can repent, amen, and move on. Uh, but in any case, Job's friends had offered him, you know, harsh criticism. Instead of uh, giving him love and acceptance and sympathetic understanding, you know, often we need, that's really where we need to be, amen, when we see others. There's no easy answers to life or those things that we suffer in life. Let's stand this morning.